We're holding by Yeshua Perik Ches, Pasuk Lamed. And uh, what the Nas is going to tell us here, really Chazal tell us, that's what the Mephoshim here explained as well, that the next incident isn't historically in the correct place. Really, the story we're about to read, the story of Hagrizim and Haravel, happens on the day that Klai Yisrael crossed the Yarden. And even though there the Nach didn't elaborate on it, and I only got back to the story now, which you have to explain by Hashem the next year. But uh, the question is, why didn't tell us when it happens? But what this incident, which is being described now, really happened a long time before. It happened the day they crossed the Yarden. Before Yerichai. Even before Yerichai. And that's the Pasuk says, Oz then, Then Yeshua built a Mizbech to Hashem and Harebel. This is part of what the Torah says. The Torah says, and the Torah says it clearly, On the day that you cross the Yarden, that you set up these stones on Harebel. So, being as it's a clear Pasuk in the Torah, they're on the day they cross the yard and they have to do this. So we made it, we understand that's what Yeshua did. That's when he did it. Even though it's not being mentioned, so to speak, in chronological order. Why in Harevel? So we know, on Harevel was one of the two mountains which Klayashul stood on. There's Hargrizim and Harevel. The Brachos were said facing Hargrizim and the Klayashul were said facing Harevel. And even with that, the Torah says that you have to build an Izbech on Harevel and bring a Korbanus. And the Torah has another din as well. That it's a place to be happy. Smachim with Hashem. So this is when Yeshua and the Jewish people are being fulfilling this mitzvah. And that's the Torah, that's Navi tells us, Just like Moshe commanded B'nai Yisrael, as written before in Sefer Dvarim, and the Mizbech was made out of stone, which no metal was used in producing or in hewing the stones. So even though that then, of having stones which do not allow to touch metal was then in the Mizbech. That it says that in the end of Parshish Yisrael, the person can't use metal on the Mizbech. And we know that there was a difference between a Mizbech and the Besamikdash, which was a communal Mizbech, and that's called a Bama, which means a private Mizbech, a person can use for his own sacrifices in any place he decides to build one. Obviously, in those times of history where one is allowed, bring private sacrifices. And the question is, does this mitzvah of not using stones which have been touched by metal apply to Obama as well, or the only the Mizbech of the base of Megdash? But over here we see that the Mizbech which was built by her evil was a Mizbech of the whole of Klai Yisrael. It was a communal Mizbech, and therefore this din would apply here that they weren't allowed to use metal and touch the Mizbech. They brought oilers and shlamim, exactly as the Pasuk says that they should do. And then, after, again, we've taken another step out of order. Really what happened was, the first Kaisal congregated around the Aaron HaKodesh, which was at the base of Hargrizim and Harevel, in between them. And then, the Kronim are going to say the seven, or the eleven, I'm sorry, Brachos, brought in the Torah towards Hargrizim, and everyone says, Amen. And they turn another way, and they face Harevel, and they say the eleven Kronos. In other words, it wasn't the whole list, it was one, one. So the first, Brach Baruch, they said towards Hargizim, it was Amen. The second, then they said, Akala, Arur, towards Harevel, it was Amen again. They went through that first. Afterwards, they built this Mizbech. But uh, here also, because we're talking about this, we're talking about uh, 
just the events, not the, necessarily the order they happen. So the pasuk brings the story of the stones of the Mizbeach first. The other mitzvah was to write the entire Torah on stones of the Mizbech, and that they did afterwards. And then again, we saw this already before. The stones that they took out of the Yarden. So we saw then there were three sets of stones. The one was set up in Gilgal, the place where they slept that night. The second set was set up in the place of the Yarden where the Kodim's feet stood, as a memorial to where the nights happened. And the third set was the set we're talking about now, which was carried to Argizim and Harevel, and the whole Torah was written on them um, in all the 70 languages, like Kazel Tanas. What's Mishni Torah? Like the Torah was Mitzavah, that had to be written in all the different languages, that's what they did. The Chol Yisrael of the Skainov, the Shaitim, the Shaitov, all Klai Yisrael of the Skainim, the Shaitim and the Shaitim, only the Mizel, Mizel, the Aron, stood on each side on the two mountains, facing the Aron Kodesh, which was between them in the middle. <laughs> Facing the Kohenim and the Levim who were carrying the iron, they were standing in between the two mountains, Kagerko Ezrach, Chetia El Mulhar Grizim, the Chetia El Mulhar Evil. Half the nation, six Shvatim, were on Har Grizim, six were on Har Evil. The Torah, again, in Bashis Kisav, when it tells us about this event in advance, it lists the Shvatim which were meant to be on each mountain. And over there, it tells us that the six Shvatim which were on Har Grizim were. Shimon, Levi, Yehudi, Yisrach, Yosef, and Benyamin. And the six in her Eva were Reuven, God, Nasha, Zvodim, Dan, and Naftali. And even though we said Levi was one of the six Shvatim on Har Grizim, that obviously doesn't refer to the Kohenim, because they were at the bottom, they were the ones who were talking. Right. Shukashet Sivah, Moesheh, Eva, Hashem, Levarach, Esa'am, Yisrael, Barishayna. Levarach, Esa'am, Barishayna means, even though the Torah only tells us the negative. That when the Torah describes this incident to us, the Barish Kisavoy, so it says the same thing, the day that you cross the Yadin River, you must set up your stones in Hargizim and Harabel, and you'll gather around the Kohenim, and there the, 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 the Pasuk describes the six Shvatim, which will be standing in Hargizim, the six Shvatim, which will be standing in Harabel, and the Kohenim in the middle will turn to face each one, say Brachas and Kladus, and then the Torah gives us the list. And the Torah only gives us the list of the Kladus. And the Torah doesn't say both sides, it doesn't say first Baruch Yishashayase, or Ashilo Yase, Pesel Masecho. And then the next one is Or Eishashayasi Pesel Masecha. Baruch Eishashayasi Avavimah. Or Eishashayasi. The Torah doesn't say both ways. The Torah only gives the negative. It brings 11 Arurim. The 11 negatives of what was said. And that's what Navi is saying over here, that they said the Bracha first. Before they brought the Kladis, they brought the Brachas. That was the specific 11 um, mitzvahs, so to speak which were chosen by the Torah, and as it says that they were published as a clash in this way of everybody agreeing to a bracha, everyone agreeing to a clash. We could ask the question, why it was like that? If they had to be both blessed and cursed, in other words, it had to be both sides, both the bracha and the clash. So why does the Torah just mention the clash? Either mention both, or if you're only going to mention one, why was the Kiddush, why was the one the Torah brought down the Kodah? Why didn't the Torah bring down the Brachas? Now the Torah tells us, you meant to face Hargrizim, connected Hargrizim, and the Kodah is connected Harabel. So we know that everything has to be said in both, in both sides. The, the positive, the Brachas for the person who keeps, and the negative, the Kodah for the person who disobeys. So when the Torah chooses to tell us what the 11 various are which we're going to mention, why does the Torah mention the side of the Kodah? Why doesn't the Torah mention the side of the Brachas? Question. Yeah. 
Bechlal, we could ask even more, what is the point of the, this graphic demonstration of this way cursing, this way blessing? That's not a, that's a good question. And the third question we could ask is, why Dafka these 11 mitzvahs? A specific 11 mitzvahs were chosen to be the ones which were which were presented to Klayashal in this fashion. Because as we're going to see in the next pasuk, really, after that, after doing that, Yeshua goes to the whole Torah. The Acharichain, Korah is called Ivraya Torah. He read the whole Torah, Baruch HaVaktala, Kecholak also besef for Torah. He didn't just mention these 11 mitzvahs, they went to the entire Torah. Again, not with or in the Baruch, but just reading the Torah, what it says. And that's the boss says again, There wasn't a single thing in the Torah which Yeshua didn't read, which means he read the entire Sefer Torah to them. So we're already reading the whole Torah, and everyone's there and there, and they've all heard it. Now besides for this, there was a point of, and these 11 mitzvahs, these 11 averses, I should say, really, making it much more graphic. Are the person that does this, everyone says Amen. Baruch is the person that does this, everyone says Amen. So yes, we need to explain to Hashem what's the significance of setting it up in such a in such a way. But first, let's talk about why does the Torah talk about the side of the Klala? Why does the Torah mention the side of Arur? And either not both, or if you're going to choose one, why not the side of Bracha? So, there's a principle like this, which is brought down in the Farshim. Maybe, maybe even something that's explained this. And Gemara's explained it this. And that is, if you're going to ask the question that what's the starting point? What's the starting point? And what's the Chiddush when it changes? In other words, is the starting point that is meant to be bracha. And if Klai shall do something wrong, the Chiddush is they get cursed. Okay, that's something changed. It wasn't meant to be. The punishment comes... As a change, as a result of something that did wrong. But the starting position would be the Kaisal to get blessed. Or it's the other way around. But really, Kaisal don't deserve to get a bracha. And so, only when they do something good to deserve it, now things change and they get, they, they get a bracha. In other words, what's the, the basic starting position and what has to change when they do something wrong? So, we see from the Torah in more than one place that the starting point is bracha. Very Akash Baruch wants to Mavarech Klaisho. Hashem wants to bless Klaisho, and therefore the default position, if you're going to call it a pact, but the starting point should be that Klaisho will get blessed. It's only when something goes wrong that something has to change and become a Klaisho. So something has to change for that. And if that's the case, this is what, you, this is what the Hargrizim and Haebel will still explain in the next year exactly how it played out. But the idea of, the, of what they were trying to show was that something is going to change. Something is going to change, and then it's going to become a clutter where there wasn't one before. Right? And that's the case. If the Torah is going to, even though they said that, if the Torah is going to tell you, the Torah tells you the Chiddush. The Torah tells you the Chiddush, and the Chiddush was the Aru. That was, was no, what normally should have been a Makkum of Bracha. Right? And now it's going to change and become a clutter. That's different to the norm. That's the Chiddush which was Chalani there with the Brachas and Kladus, was that the, 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 the concept of Klala would apply. They said the Bracha also, but... In a situation where a person is not doing that very, we don't need to make the bracha. The bracha is there anyway. Now let me give you an example of this. The Gemara tells us, and you can go see it yourselves today, Hargrizim and Haravan are neighboring hills. Hargrizim is, is lashed with vegetation. There's trees and grass. Haravan is barren. Not really the Gemara points to that. The Makum where the clover was given became desolate. Now let's ask the question. If you have two hills, one is lashed with vegetation, one which looks like a desert. 
which is the Kiddush. So obviously you're going to ask me, well, where are these two hills located? If they're in a fertile area, then the Kiddush is that there's a, tree which, there's a hill which nothing grows on. If they both happen to be in the middle of the Sahara Desert, then the Kiddush is the tree which has vegetation because nothing around it does. Okay, look at the area where Hagrid and Ha'ebel are. It's in the middle of the Shaman, it's next to Shechem. It's a very fertile area. The, the Kiddush isn't Hagridim. All the trees, all the area around have trees. The Kiddush is Ha'ebel. Which means the fact that this was singled out as a mountain which remains desolate is different to everything else. Right? And that's exactly the point. The, what, the starting position is like Hagridim. It should be Brachas. The Kiddush is that if a person disobeys, then it makes a chalos, if you want to use the Yeshivish terminology, it makes it affects a change which causes cloud. And therefore the change is able is different. In the whole area of Shamran, the whole area of Shem, where all the tree, where all the mountains are lush, where Basim there's lots of vegetation, not a desert. Haravel is the exception. And that's why even though they said both, the Khidish of the Torah was to tell you the Klala because that's something which is going to happen as a result of the, of this procedure. It causes the Klala. Right. So that was the first point. And that is to explain the why the Torah didn't talk about the Torah, even though they said both. Now, it's an interesting thing that there's a second point here also. And that is that we said that when they, after the procedure of the Brachas and the Klaras, when they had to make a Mizbech and they had to bring Korbanas on it, they had to make a Mizbech on Har Evel. That's what it says in the Torah also. Now, we read before a few seconds ago, as they showed, they showed it as well. He made the Mizbech by Har Evel. Why would Har Evel be the one to get the Mizbech, so to speak? And the third question is that the Mizbech of Ha'ebel, like we said, is an interesting thing. When the Torah brings this thing of bringing the Korbanus on, on this Mizbech, there's a mitzvah of a Samachta. You should be happy. Samachta we normally find in context of Yamtuf. Now, in the Yamtuf, it's a Samachta, or Yisach Samach, Samachta, whatever it is. Dafka here by this Mizbech on Ha'ebel, what's it to be happy about? If anything, the opposite. They just made a chalos of Kodos in Harabel. It became a place which was, was now cursed, so to speak. So how would that be a, a mockum to, to bring his back and to be with Samachta? Okay, so... That's why I said the order in the Torah is first the kind of rocks in the Kodos and after the bottom is back. The idea of the Mizbech, like every Mizbech, is just like we see by the Korbanus. The idea of the Korbanus was to effect Ritzui, to cause appeasement, so to speak, when a person done something wrong, whatever level it's going to be. So the idea of a Korban is to, to cause an appeasement of Hashem, to, to recreate that bond. If it's going to be a more serious affair, it has to be a Korban Khatos. If it's going to be a more minor affair, it will be a Korban Oila. But the idea of a Korban is like Zbaratze. It, it, it creates a, uh, an appeasement in Hashem and the Jewish people. And that's why Dafka, after the Chalais of the Kharis and Haraval, the idea of the Mizbech and Haraval was to create, the, so to speak, the, the ability to Mishratzi after Kharis. Let's explain something. This is a Kiddush. This is a Kiddush. If you look in the Torah, we see sometimes Hashem punishes and sometimes Hashem curses. Sometimes Hashem punishes, sometimes Hashem curses. Have you ever wondered what the difference is? What is a punishment and a curse? So we'll see. A punishment is something which is given 
and it's given for a time or until the Aver has been expiated and something which is reversible. Either the Torah calls it a Klala, a Brachos and a Klalos, but the Klalos were contingent on Klalos not doing Shiva and as, as much as was necessary to, to, to pay them back, so to speak, Machapra and Aver is that they are done. But we learn that's an error in the Torah, right? So error is something which doesn't change. For example, when Noach tells Kanan, Oror Kanan, that son of Chom, he gives Kanan a brach, a klala. Oror Kanan, he's going to be an Eved Avodim. It wasn't just Kanan himself, it wasn't just for one generation. Kanan became a nation of Avodim. They became a nation of slaves. And even hundreds, thousands of years later, we see the Kanan as being Avodim. It was something, the Oror of Noach was something which makes a chalos, like we said before. That's something in effect which remains forever. Right? When Hashem at the very beginning of the Torah, it gives a clutter to Adam and to Chava and to the snake. They're all, all those arrows stay forever. The snake still doesn't have legs. He still is on the ground and eats dust. Childbirth and child raising is still painful. The arrows of the Torah are something which isn't changeable by Trevor that time. It's not like the clutter of punishment and reward. It's a, it sets a metis. Arrow. This thing becomes cursed. And in that case, it remains cursed. It's something which it affects, so to speak. It makes a metis. This is something new which has taken effect now. And if that's the case, what happened to Hargrizim or Abel wasn't just the, the, the regular concept of reward and punishment that we see in the Torah. It was a chalos or. So the person who does this is or, he's cursed. Just like Hargrizim itself and Har Abel. Har Abel, since the time of the Torah, has not had meditation until today. It's something which intrinsically becomes the double which is or. Like Knan, like a snake, like other examples I gave before. So that's the case. What, what reversal is there from Oro? The idea of building Mizbech and Harevel was that even what the Torah makes into a chalos of Klara of Oro, a shayach to Jehovah for. The Torah says, Oro Ishit does this wrong, Oro Ishit does that wrong, Oro Makri Ever Bederech, Oro Makri Reo Beseser, Tongolashon Hara, Oro Shalayach Mizbech Torah Zeus. You've made a chalos of an Oro. You've made a chalos of something which is cursed. If that's the case, it should be like every curse. Something irreversible. Something which now becomes in this, goes into effect and changes the status of the thing. So where's the Shaykh Shiva? That's the Chiddush. But even though here that, and we have to explain why Dafka, these things, brings them chalos of chalos. It's different to regular Shaykh Shiva. It's not that Hashem is paying for an Aver, like retribution for an Aver. Here it's a chalos of a curse, which is Chal. And that's why it needs the base thing. It needs clients to accept the curse and, 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 and say Amen. It will take effect. I'm going to talk about still. But, uh, the idea is, I would imagine that's eternal. Like all the auras are. And the Chiddush over here is that it's reversible also. That's the idea of building his back. And the man of a Samachta. There's something to be happy about because even after we've now declared something as curse, something as auror, the Maisa, the mountain might stay auror. But uh, the Klaishah, which the Klaishah was Chalon, for them it's not eternal. They have a way to counter its effect with doing Chalon. That's the idea of the carbon and the Mizbech, and that's the idea of the Samachta. That's the reason to be happy afterwards. We still need to explain by the Shem is why Dafka these things were chosen and why it was done in such a graphic fashion. We'll leave the next time by the Shem.